0: All right, guys, welcome to uh, the Block Cash podcast episode 243. This week we have on from Spark World, uh, Julian. Julian, tell me, how are uh, how you doing, man?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Luckily, uh, 243 is my lucky number. No, I'm just uh, Yeah, all good. I'm uh, over in Cape Town for two weeks, so it's nice to um, be down here, get some sun, and uh, join in the podcast. So thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Um, There's a lot I want to talk about with you. Before we do that, I'm sure the audience is going to be curious to who you are. Tell me a bit more about yourself. Like, Where are you from? Um, Where are you currently at right now? I know you're in Cape Town. A bit about yourself and your backstory. How did you kind of get yourself into the space?
1: Yeah, awesome. So I got pushed into the space by by my brother in about 2012, I did my, I did a presentation to my economics class on Bitcoin mining and like the kind of economic phenomenon, kind of laughed off the stage then by my tutor, and then got my first BTC in, in 2013, just in time for that uh, Mount Gox hack, 90% red candle, welcome to crypto, uh, so once you've had one of those, you're kind of a little bit more hardened, although mm-hmm. a few tears shed. And then because you've been super focused on you know what's been happening in the space since since then obviously you lose a bit of interest during the bear markets which is the absolute wrong thing to do that's where it's all made in the in the bear markets and scooping up those those uh good fundamental plays and then traded a lot in uh, 16 17 did um you know mass and economics uni then all of my chartered accountancy exams then last two two and a half years been full-time in in d founded a marketing and pr agency called zb digital i um, kind of growing that from one to 50 people in the last year. We run a conference in London and then last like six months, really been assembling the Spark World team, developing the the concept, the idea, assembling the advisory board, VCs, backers, and um, just super passionate about the crypto space. And now I think we're seeing that kind of attention hype cycle happen into NFTs. You know how you, everyone got into crypto in the same way. They first bought Bitcoin and they were kind of maybe Bitcoin maxi to start with, tried Ethereum and then shoo, into the altcoins. And I think we're seeing that kind of that same hype cycle into the NFTs. People get their first NFT and then they try a bit more and then they're seeing what's the next mint, what's the next mint. And they're whitelisting, they're grinding to these whitelist spots. And uh, I think it's a really interesting phenomenon.
0: Yeah. Where do you think we are in that grand cycle of crypto right now? Um, It's a bit different now with the advent of NFTs taking off in the past year, year and a half. Um, Do you think there's, you know, more hope for altcoins relatively soon and in, in traditional cryptos or do you think all the attention is turned to nfts in the meantime
1: yeah well i think it used to be a very linear approach into getting into sort of crypto i think before it used to be cryptography was the first like plane into crypto and as you grew in more and more you get sort of investors coming in people who are uh, wanting this appear to be a network system and now with NFTs in particular, you know, it's that Web3 narrative. It's more accessible. It's the kind of commercialization of the whole of the Web3 space and what it can do. And I think people use NFTs as a gateway into Ethereum. Think how many people have bought Ethereum to get an NFT that wouldn't have, maybe traditionally bought Ethereum in 2020, 2021. Um, That's been a huge plus for for the network and I guess greater adoption. So we're starting to see, you know, we're only still only about 200 million unique users or something, uh, which is like the internet in 91, 92. So, you know, I think we're about to see the continued expansion. I would say, I think we've seen a faster expansion in the price compared to where we are at the, in the adoption. So we've seen price fly because people are fomoed in. There's still a long way to go in certain projects, but compared to where we are at the adoption level of it being like 30% of where I think what, what's happened with the price, you know, the, the D apps in 2021, 2022, are actually starting to do something. There's a long way to go. It's not just, you know, 17 was just white papers, 20 was just saying you're gonna build on Polkadot even though it wasn't released yet. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see some some stuff happening.
0: Yeah, it's a very different world, uh, very different world with new technology today with blockchain and uh, obviously the blockchain space has evolved tremendously over the last few years. Attention has shifted, money's been invested in different areas. Um, in regards to what you guys are doing with Spark World, what are some of the things you are taking on, some of those challenges, what are you guys hoping to do and hoping to solve?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the first solution that we're bringing to market, which is our MVP, is focused on bringing a solution or enhancement, uh, a solutions come kind of difficult so it's not, it's not always going to be an all-in-one encompassing solution to the randomized minting and whitelisting issues around NFT projects. Um, So currently what we have is some projects designing quite complex, difficult whitelisting issues, um, which can take time, maybe not work and be troublesome. And then on the community side, there's a lot of lottery-based, first come, first serve. It's not a fair, transparent way to distribute the NFTs. So we're bringing it back to blockchain ethos of saying, how do you gain an ordered list of people sort of on-chain that no one's actually picking other than a smart contract piece of code? And so we've built something called Fair Predictive Launches, and what this does is it utilizes uh, prediction events on chain to gain an order list of people that are then whitelisted for that NFT project. So it's focused on GameFi projects. So, For example, predict the price of Axie Infinity uh, in seven days time. The closest seven, the closest like 250 predictions are whitelisted for the next Axie drop. Uh, we're actually going to be focused on the Avalanche ecosystem. And that's a really interesting play given all of the noise and I'd say sub- substantive noise around the subnets. What's that, what's that going to do for all of the NFT games? You know, it's a game changer for their sort of economy and how that runs. Um, so we're wanting to be the premier uh, distributor of NFTs on that the Avalanche ecosystem, and then obviously look cross-chain uh, further on.
0: Yeah, tell me more about the FPLs. Why do you need them? Why are they necessary um, in predicting NFT prices?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously a a few different prediction variables you can pick. So just to be absolutely clear, um, if you are launching, say Brand is launching a NFT game, he's giving away, you know, 5,000 NFTs, we can either be supplementary or exclusive to your launch. So uh, 500 of those NFTs want to be distributed by an FPL. What that's doing is it's putting a prediction event in between. So it's much less likely to be botted. It means that people, it's not so time sensitive or rushed. There's uh, additional yields for people interacting with that so there's staking yields prediction rewards um, and obviously whitelist spots so what you have is in these fpls various tiers of you know if you're in the top 10 stakers in by volume of spark tokens you're in the top 10 uh, predictions in terms of accuracy we'll do a free mint for you and then you know as you would expect the top 100 uh, predictions by accuracy would earn 500 dollars spark tokens alongside being able to mint the NFTs on the whitelist top 250, $100 a spark, top 500 get, you know, $50 a spark. So we're trying to provide a gamification of that whitelisting
0: process. Got it. Do you guys have your own platform for launching NFTs?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we'll be able to do sort of a modular support approach to the NFT project. So whether they want us to handle their whole mint in terms of having the metadata the jpegs and actually distributing that on on the platform whether it's just going to be from a bank claimable feature um but on top of that you know we're really building a utility hub for nfts so we've got partnerships with the likes of iq protocol that are doing amazing stuff with lending renting staking borrowing nfts which is obviously particularly relevant in the gamefly industry and um, we've got inbuilt Gleam style bounce campaigns where you get points for joining uh, other partner projects communities engaging with their social content, getting that social amplification for projects. That's obviously a, a noisy space. Arcade, they're doing mission pools for NFT projects, blockchain space. They have the most guilds of um, any uh, project in, I think the they've got 12,000 guilds. So they'll come and play your game, write a report and give you that user base that obviously lots of these gaming NFT projects want. So we're trying to build more than just you can come and mint on our platform.
0: What are what are some of those features that separate you guys as a platform? Some some of the others, like some of the benefits um, that are maybe different or maybe that are improved upon that you guys um, are proud of.
1: Yeah, I think there's you know three core pillars. There's the, the simplification of the process. You know, minting and white listing can be super intricate and confusing. This is sort of like stake your spark tokens, predicts uh, on the, whatever that prediction event is. Wait to see if you've been whitelisted on chain in a fair transparent way it's like okay we haven't picked off chain actually all of our friends are just going to be whitelisted you know that's one of the key core pillars and then earnings like whitelist potential extra rewards staking yields um prediction returns on top of that it's like you know if you had a game theory matrix of minting on or off our platform you're always going to have more rewards or high utility on our platform because you'll you get those prediction rewards staking yields on top of that and then of course um you know we are pre-betting those projects. You know we get either privately or publicly doxing them, um, depending on kind of their uh, preferences. As you kind of see in similar projects on different chains like Magic Eden, they're doing a, an absolutely outstanding job on the Solana ecosystem. And I think the Avax ecosystem's got a, a long way to go. You've seen, you know, Trader Joe potentially coming to market with um, their NFT marketplace, the UI/UX that those guys bring, the hype, the quality of delivery. You know i think there's a, a big expansion that's going to come alongside on that avax ecosystem and there's definitely a, a big play of you know a rising tide brings with it all of all of the boats and we want to be you know contributing to adding utility to these nft projects creating partnerships integration and collaboration are two key pillars of the project and that's what we're aiming to do if working with you know some of these marketplaces some of these games to, to distribute their nfts in a fair way because that's ultimately what they want um, they want users Getting hold of the NFTs, the rare ones, the ultra rare ones that aren't just going to scoop up to fifty and then dump twenty minutes later to flip on them.
0: Yeah, what what do you see the future of NFTs being? What do you see really driving the space? I know gaming is really starting to pick up on the trend. You know, it started with collectibles and trading and um, uh, art and stuff like that, but now you're seeing a bit more utility, a bit more digital and real world representations and ownership is there an industry in particular that you guys are seeing that you think is going to start driving this market more
1: yeah i mean the amazing thing with nfts it's very hard to kind of uh pigeonhole them they're so Mm -hmm. flexible and the the amount of use cases you know i saw the eth cross on did an amazing thread of 30 use cases for nfts and it is just the true digitalization of the world you know whether you're talking about like you know, asset deeds being on chain and like when we have eventually move to the true digitalization of all assets, whether well, that's money and also, you know, ownership of those assets, or you're talking about PFPs, PFPs obviously get a lot of stick and a lot of hype around, are they overvalued? Are they undervalued? Is it a bubble? You know, having seen what happened with all of you know, the one of 100 Googles, what's happening in the Solana ecosystem, I've seen a lot of those sort of KOLs and money sort of rotate into the near ecosystem. They're doing some really interesting stuff. Obviously, the Boo Monsters, I think, are really leading the way on how they're working. And I think it's more about, you know, their membership passes, those PFPs. But yeah, I, what I'm particularly bullish is on, definitely on the GameFi. You know, I grew up playing a lot of those Xbox games, those RuneScape games of, like, mm-hmm. how hard did I grind chopping new trees or, or magic trees to earn to, some, you know, gold coins to buy a blue party hat, you know, a lot. And I think it was like $68 billion of in-game purchases last year last year, and they're just completely in-game closed economies that you can't trade or earn real value from. So once we do start to see people being able to grind for real money, or like whether you're playing FIFA Ultimate Team, and those cards are actual NFTs, I think that's an extremely bullish move for the revolutionizing of of, of gaming.
0: Yeah, it's insane to think about, right? About how much effort and time people put into video games and people put into Buying expansion packs and DLCs and in-game items and skins and weapons and you know all these things that don't transfer over to other games or that don't have a tangible value that you can take beyond that game when it becomes you know irrelevant or less popular. Um, So much is like those things
1: mean so much to them. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. you see how uh, obsessive people get over having a Snapchat snap chat streak, you know, I've got a 1000 in a row of the day, and they're going back to do that. And it's literally zero value, zero utility. And so when people get tied up on this utility, you see it bounded around a lot, people are also there for no, no utility, no people like that, you know, what does a 1000 snap touch mean? Nothing. Um, So it's an interesting phenomenon that we're seeing here. And as you say, I think, you know, the next generation of if you gave uh, you know, you ask a 12-year-old now who gave him $50 and said, or $100 and said, you can you know, buy some Nike shoes or Nike sneakers or you can have the those shoes on your Fortnite character. Where is the high utility of them playing their Fortnite character every night with their friends? It's easiest to show it off. It's much more durable. It's infinitely scalable in terms of, like they can wear it 10,000 times. You can go and ruin your shoes in one go. What are they picking at that point? So it's a really interesting point. Inflection point of where where we're moving and what people actually want to do, and you know, from the economics point of view, everyone has a very unique utility function, and it's like that's being redefined at I think a scary rate of traditional utility, and where we're moving into Web three utility.
0: Yeah, well, what, as many people that are on the internet now and that play video games, and how big you know some of these games are, and these ecosystems and these tournaments that they run, you know, a lot of them are bigger than the Super Bowl in terms of viewership um the sponsorships they get the money that flows through them you know apply nfts to that and you're gonna see a, a huge huge uh growth in the industry there's just it's just like a perfect use case it's a perfect fit it solves a really hard long-standing issue
1: yeah i mean i i can't remember the exact figures uh i think it was something like 200 million people watched travis scott perform in Fortnite in the first like i guess technically metaverse conference and it's extraordinary, you know, just where we're going and how much people want that digitalization. It's interesting to see where we go in the in the actual metaverse of, like, are people fully on board for it? We've seen Facebook transcend into meta. Like, it's, it is an interesting point of, of history, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the future of attention. Um, you know, meta, formerly Facebook, they've mentioned this. They really think that the future of attention and social is going to be in the metaverse. And uh, in Web3 and, and through these these different avenues. I think they're right. I think it just makes sense and it's already starting to trend that direction anyways. Um, something I was reading on your website um, that was interesting was randomized minting. Tell me a bit more about that. How does that work and what's the benefit of minting in a randomized way?
1: Well, yeah, I guess it's just keeping the integrity of the, the process. So just I think having... And it is quite an obvious feature that like lots of people claim to have, but sort of in parallel with saying we're fair and transparent, you know, making sure that people aren't front running to, you know, I saw definitely someone on AVAX that I've seen that maybe their code's not got the highest integrity, or they've, they've, they've missed a, a slight bug where people can front run and program some lines of Python that can mint the rarest ones. You know, I saw it on, um, yeah, quite a few projects, so it's just making sure that there is that transparency for people on all levels, you know, fair access at ground level is kind of one of the things that we're also trying to push Of Can you actually uh, get in and is it a, a, not a full start for everyone involved? Because I think sometimes there's some smoke and mirrors around what's actually happening on Web3.
0: Got it. Um- How does the Spark token, let's talk about that for a second, fit into your guys' ecosystem? Um, What's the main use for it and uh, what can you use it for? How does it function?
1: Yeah, so uh, we obviously have the fair predictive launch pools. So that's like the single token staking. So you get those staking yields alongside that access into whatever fair predictive launch we're running that week. So we are going to be aiming to run roughly one per week. Of distrib- distributing some NFTs uh, by that so that's access to those whitelist bots whilst on top of that you're getting the staking yield prediction returns and um, and potential to get you know free nft mints uh, of these projects that come across the platform we obviously have the on-chain governance which is the development of you know we want the community to be involved as much as possible uh, we went to paris blockchain re- week re- recently and just saw an amazing talk about like how you're building like nft communities how they create it it's really you do something cool and leave them as a a platform to help develop it help push you guys forward because they're ultimately the people that make up how good your platform will be you know you saw how important it was i was in a private ama with the people who made you know zeus from olympus dow and you know we've seen obviously they had a, a bit of trouble where it all kind of unraveled but a moment how strong was the three three gang and how much people believe in that and that's what we want to be building something where people want to interact with the platform as much as possible because that's ultimately how you make it the most sticky and i think building that engagement can only be done by seeing what people want to build and iterating you know the mvp is never going to be perfect and it's about saying what can we improve what can we do better because the last core competency that's around in web3 is actually just moving fast and iterating we've seen how quickly the space can move. It's, it's racing at a rate of knots. And something that was useful three months ago is is sort of obsolete now. So it's just, it's just sort of saying, how do we keep it as relevant as possible building the most important stuff? And so on-chain governance and voting and proposals is definitely a huge part of that. So you've got the staking uh, into the FPLs, the fair access, uh, the on-chain governance, and then eventually there is this guest to earn protocol. And that's going to be sort of Lending people to, uh, leverage their knowledge in active NFT sets to earn spark and Avax rewards. Um, so rather than just always playing the games, maybe you're very knowledgeable on a lot of NFT sets. What's going to have more volume this week, daily, what weekly and monthly prediction tournaments and actually earning a good yield
0: from that. Nice. Where can um, people go to check out Spark World and, and learn a bit more about how they can you know, take advantage of all these features and, and use the platform? Do they just go to the website um, or where would you direct them?
1: Yeah, we're super active in, in Discord. So the team's always jumping in. Uh, we kind of have a set set rotor of like everyone has 15 minutes in their day per like uh per week so i'm on a friday 15 minutes Mm -hmm. we'll jump in be there for like just live questions but obviously i'm trying to try and be in there every day in between 15 hours of meetings and trying to eat and sleep sleep um get us in the discord that's always a good way twitter we're always hosting twitter spaces tell us what projects you want us to work with tell us anything that you're seeing in the nft sphere um those are probably the two two main platforms we do obviously have like a telegram announcements we have an instagram but yeah i think twitter
0: and discord is where we're definitely the most active got it let me ask you a a fun question before we start wrapping it up um of of all (laughs) the uh (laughs) nft collections that are out there do you have one that's a favorite that you like the most or that you collect
1: i have to say um could be anything if you if if you're going for a uh I'm, I'm very bullish on near future. So I know it's on the, the near chain, but we're very good friends with the team that, that dropped it. If you haven't already seen it, they're doing some huge things backed by the, you know, worked with the near foundation and they've got some amazing stuff in their roadmap. I think their token's coming to launch. Um, so definitely go and check out near future if you, if you have a chance. What's it called? Near future.
0: Near future. Okay. What kind of NFTs are they creating?
1: So they're doing a discord RPG. So it's kind of like a text-based RPG. They've got mm-hmm. upgradable deflationary robots, um, that is in, they've got different ages that they're, they're going to be working through. Um, they've got a ridiculously strong roadmap, very strong team behind them. So, um, very interesting stuff on the way, very innovative. So it's like, yeah, first of its kind, um, and I'm quite bullish on the near ecosystem system as well as, uh, Avax, our other ones.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out. Um, you know, for me, it's always metaverse land and parcels i, I think that's going to have a huge utility in the future so any and all of those i'm always trying to collect them as i go yes scoop them while they're cheap because i mean mm-hmm. you've got this uh difficult dynamic
1: where there's individual people trying to purchase these parcels and then you've got kind of organizations vcs mm-hmm. projects that are all sort of oh you know if you're running an nft project and you've just raised five million dollars you know 100k on this parcel is not as much of a scratch on the on the bank account compared to like if you're an individual and you're dropping that that's you could just you know buy a house or put mm-hmm. down a deposit. So it's so interesting. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, scarcity is, is definitely a big play.
0: Yeah, like myself, I know people that have scooped them up for like thirty, forty dollars, and you know a couple of years later, up to around now, they're selling them for five or six figures, which is absolutely insane. But that's the reality of it. There's a demand for it out there. Yeah, it's
1: incredible. I mean, we spoke to the Ethamon team, and they're scooping up. at, You know, they made they made NFTs in I think twenty seventeen. They bought a whole chunk of land for, you know, just low, high four figures, I think low five figures. And it, know it's just millions and millions and millions into Central Land. So yeah, it's, right. uh, some interesting plays of
0: ones to tell the grandkids. I think of points. I know that's crazy, huh? Anyways, um, are you on social media? Can people find you online? Yes, I'm.
1: Uh, I mean, I guess you can drop it in, but I'm uh, on st- as Stix. Uh, so Styx is like Sticks. obviously it's a mythical river between the Gaia and the underworld, and it's kind of kind of where that came from is I guess NFTs are quite like this. You have this verdant green land where there's so much amazing utility happen. Mm-hmm. There's this fine river between the underworld of scams, difficulties, craziness, mm-hmm. and this Gaia where like you know, and there's uh, obviously the boat that goes in between the two. So trying to uh, be the river that flows on the, on the right side of life in the in aFT world. But yeah, Styx is uh, S-T-Y-X.
0: Okay, cool. Guys, go check out Julian at Styx. Uh, check out what they're doing at Spark World. Really cool stuff. Make sure to like the video and subscribe. Uh, Julian, thanks for taking the time today and coming on and elaborating on what you guys are doing. Things are really cool, really important work. Um, let's talk again in the future.
1: Really appreciate it. I'll be uh, hopefully in Medellin soon. Uh, come say hi.
0: Yeah, come <laughs> anytime. Come anytime. We'll do a live episode. 100%. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. See you.
1: Bye.